0: Come on in. Mm. Yeah. Good evening. How you doing, Tanya? Come on in. Come on. Mm. I'm so glad. Excited about tomorrow. Trouble don't last always. Somebody said it lasts for four years. Come on. Come on, need a few more people to come on in and join. Share this with somebody. Come on, share this with somebody. If you can hear me, somebody give me a sign so I know you can hear the earpiece. Yeah, there Travel we go. Don't last always. Trouble don't last always. Okay, good thumbs up. Listen, listen, listen. I want to get right into this because I want to be mindful of your time. I wanna, wanna get right into it. Listen, listen. Again tonight, you are gonna wanna share this with somebody. Uh, last week we talked about the the the, 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 the riots in uh, Washington D.C. and. Uh, and white supremacy uh, along with white privilege and white maintenance. And so we're gonna do part two today. We're gonna do part two today. We wanna talk today, um, uh, and I wanna talk about it from a a contemporaneous uh, uh, lens. I wanna wanna talk about it today. What does it look like today? What does it look like today? Uh, It is easy for us, it is easy for us, uh, you know, to to say that was in the past and that was in, that, that was history. Uh, there's a new generation. So let me see tonight if if, 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 if Dr. Danny can can put a contemporary uh, lens on it. If we can look at it uh, now, because here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that nothing that I say tonight uh, is a put down. I am an American. I am. I am an American uh, to my core. I think this is the greatest country in the world. Uh, when I die, I want a flag on my coffin want to be clear, want to be clear uh, with you. And I have a right to say that because I gave my whole young adult life uh, in the United States Army. So I'm a, I'm a, I am a a supporter of unity. And I think unity starts with the truth. I think it starts with the truth. Hey mom, I start, we'll start with the truth. If we cannot talk about the truth, if we cannot talk about the truth, got to remember now, got to remember uh, that everything else that we do is, is shaky. It's on it's on It's on shaky ground. So so we start with the truth. Think about it all the time. You tell your children, that no matter what you do, tell me the truth. Isn't that what you do? You tell your kids, no matter what, tell me the truth. I can handle it as long as it's true. But well, let's talk about the truth. Let's talk about the truth. The truth sometimes is ugly, but it's still the truth. Right? So we gotta be clear on that. It may be ugly, but it's still the truth. And it's our truth. It is our truth. So share this with somebody. Uh, because tonight I'm gonna get into something that I think is gonna be shocking to you, but it's gonna be exciting. Uh, because I'm gonna talk about how whenever you talk about white supremacy, uh people begin to to want to talk about identity pro- politics. Uh what they call identity politics. And uh and it can be troublesome. So let me let me say this from the beginning. Sitting at the table of power, at the table of power, you need to understand this. Uh a white male Watch this now. Middle class and upper class able-bodied people. That's who at the table of power. That is who at the table of power. Now you need to understand that identity. You need to be you need to be clear. Because what people get upset uh, and start talking about playing the race card is when they get into identity politics. It is an avoidance from having to deal with the role that we play. Uh talking about uh, uh, white supremacy talking about racism makes people uncomfortable, makes people uncomfortable. But I told you that growth comes after being uncomfortable. So so, so don't switch up. Don't change up on me. Don't get upset about it. Uh, let's have a discussion about it. Okay? So let's talk about um, um, how it has existed so long. Why has it not faded out? And how is it related Uh, to what we're seeing in the country right now. Why did I I say that last Wednesday or Wednesday before last was a tipping point, right? But see, you got to understand how whites see themselves. Uh, Whites see themselves as individuals with collective beliefs, watch this now, uh, resulting in collective benefits. Let me say it again. Whites see themselves as individuals, right? And I'm going to talk about individualism in a minute. They see themselves as individuals with collective beliefs that result in collective benefits. And so the problem with talking about white supremacy, the problem with talking about racism is that white people uh, simply say, I'm an individual. I, I, I'm an individual. You, you got to see me as an individual, right? See, that, that's, that, that's, that's the way it is because they don't think of themselves as any race. Whereas as a black person, you're born knowing race. You're born knowing race. They explain that to you from the very onset, the very onset. Okay, let me say this uh, to you. Are you ready for this? Uh, Let's assume that you're in the grocery store, okay? Uh, And uh, you are um, a black male and you're in a grocery store. And a little girl is in a cart with her mother, right? In a cart with her mother. She looks at you in the grocery store. The little white girl looks at you in the grocery store and she says out loud, mama, that man over there, his skin is black. What immediately happens in the store? The first thing that everybody does is shh, is shushes the little girl. Everybody shh the little girl because the little girl, watch this now, has identified what is obvious to her okay, that there is a man standing somewhere who's black, whose skin is black, and so she calls it out. She says, hey mama, there's a, there's a man over there whose skin is black, and everybody in the store shishes the little girl, shishes the little girl. Now, you, you got to think about this for a moment. Why? Why shish the little girl? Here's what you would not have done. If the little girl had said, hey, mama, there's a man over there with a whole lot of muscles, then you might have smiled. You might have chuckled. Right? You might even turn and look and got your little eye candy. But whenever we talk about race, whenever the subject of race comes up, it is always, always gloat in this idea of shame. And we need not be ashamed, any of us need not to be ashamed. We were all created by a creator, right? So that's the problem. That's the problem in America is that little kids are shh about what they see. Now, so let me, let me, let me see if I can begin to to say this. Let let me say this. White supremacy is about three things, about five things, five things. Let me give them to you. I'm going to come back and talk to them. Let me give them to you real quick in case you have to leave. It is always about five things. White supremacy, politics, always about five things. Education, criminal justice, and law. That's number two. Number three is healthcare, right? Number four is housing and land. And number five is employment. Let me say this again. Let me say this again, right? I'm going to get this real straight for you because I want to make sure uh, that you get it, right? I want to make sure that you get it, right? So, So here it is. Five things that white supremacy... Identity, whatever you want to call it, politics. I just say politics. If you don't like the word white supremacy, let's just talk about politics in general. They're always about five things. Do not get fooled. They're about five things education, who gets educated and what level, criminal justice and the laws, how they're applied, health care, who gets it and how much of it. Okay, I'm coming back to that. Housing and land, who owns land and where do you live? Okay, and number five is un- is employment, is employment. So I'm gonna come back to this, right? I'm gonna come back to this, right, uh, uh, to make sure uh, that that we really, 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 really talk about this, right, uh, uh, and, and be able to, to to deal with that, be able to deal with that. Now, so I'm gonna come back to that. Five things, five things. If you can get that in your mind, you will do well. So now. Now, let me get to this. let me get to this because I want to deal with the false narrative. I want to deal, I want to deal with it. I want to deal with the fake narrative. Friend. I want to deal with it. because here's the idea. We try to act as if white supremacy does not exist, right? We try to act like it does not exist. So let me say what it is. Let me give you a definition. I just want you to listen. I want you to listen, you can go back and you can get it. Listen to this. Tell me what you think about this. Uh, white supremacy is the idea that I'm simply better because I'm white, right? Um, and the idea is, and watch this now, it could be isolated or strangulated except it's undergirded by white ideology. Let me say this again now, because it's a long, long deal I came The idea, white supremacy is the idea that I'm simply, I'm simply better because I'm white. But the problem is it could be isolated and it could be strangulated, except it is undergirded by white ideology, all right? And white ideology includes individualism, the superiority of capitalism, democracy as a political system, consumerism, as a desirable lifestyle and meritocracy, uh, anyone can succeed if they work hard enough. I gotta say that again because that's the basis of what I'm gonna break down tonight. So, so white supremacy would go away. It would have. It could not have existed because it doesn't make sense, right? I am simply better because I'm white. That doesn't work. It wouldn't work. It would be isolated and strangulated right? It would have died out a long time ago, except it's undergirded by white ideology. And white ideology says, uh, check this out, right? Here's, here's where it goes. It says individualism. I'm an individual, right? And then it goes on and says, I believe in the superiority of capitalism, right? That's why whenever you talk about anything uh, related uh, 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 to Democrats or whatever we try to say communism, you see socialism, right? But 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 white supremacy uh, cloaks itself in this idea of capitalism, right? Uh, and democracy, uh, consumerism, and, and watch this, and watch this, and this whole idea of meritocracy is is this whole idea of merit that 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 everything I got I work for it, uh, and I can do anything if I try hard enough, right? Now you got to understand that because if you understand that concept, if you understand that concept, then it helps you understand why whenever you don't have a lot, people identify you as lazy. Right? Because again, remember, white supremacy is based upon the idea, right? The idea. You got to remember now that that I'm better simply because I'm white. And you could deal with that. You could get away from that cuz you you could say, "Well, what That doesn't make any sense because nobody gets to control what color their skin is, okay? Right? So so that wouldn't last except it has white ideology which is this idea of individualism. I am where I am because I earned it, right? And you're not there because you didn't try hard enough, right? Now, I'm going to deal with that. Oh, it's going to get good. It's going to get good. It's going to get good. Uh, Now, I realize that some of my friends or some of my baseball friends who listen to me, they're going to get mad, but let me give it to you. Let me give it to you right now. Charles Mills says this. Charles Mills says in his writing, in his book, the, 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 racial contract, the racial contract. I want you to get this. He says that there are two key components to white supremacy. Are you interested? He says there's two key components to white supremacy. Uh, Lorene, are you ready for this? Uh, two key components for white supremacy he says, number one, watch this, never acknowledge it. Ooh, it's going to get good tonight. He said that's the key, the key component to, to white supremacy. He says it in his book, The Racial... And this is, what, this is what whites are taught. Never acknowledge it, right? All right, you got it. Never acknowledge it. Number one, never acknowledge it. Number two, fight like hell to keep it. Okay, let me say this again. Let me say this again. Because do not confuse white supremacy with white nationalism. White nationalism is what you hear about on the news when you hear about the Klan and and these other groups and and, and, stand down or stand back and all that kind of stuff. uh, That is white nationalism. That is is when they have the swastika and all that stuff. That's white nationalism. Uh, 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 The the medium, uh, uh, white America, uh, will not claim that. They will not claim that. Let me be clear with you. They will not claim that uh, because it is political suicide. It is corporate suicide. So they will never identify and go with white nationalism. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. They will always always exist, but they will never be the majority, right? I want to teach you something because I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Uh, But white supremacy... Right, It's not wearing some hood over your head. I'm going to explain that to you. I'm going to give you a contemporaneous uh, lens so that you can see it. Uh, we see it as white privilege or white advantage. Uh, but remember, Charles Mills says to whites in the racial contract, if you're a white person and you're part of this collective benefit, the two things that you must do right, is never acknowledge it. Never acknowledge white supremacy. Rule number one. Rule number two is fight like hell to keep it. Okay, to fight like hell to keep it. When you read this book, you understand that, right? Fight like hell to keep it. Now, so, 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 so. Let me let me give this to you real quick. Can I give this to you real quick? I I, I want to admonish you to make sure that if you and I know it's upside down or backwards to you, but it's a book called White Fragility. Uh, Robin DiAngelo uh, writes an incredible uh, what it's like to be white and to talk to people about racism. When you're white, you got to read it. You got to read it. If you're a reader, you got to read it. You got to get it. But let me tell you what she says here. I want to read this to you. It's just real brief. So understand this. The 10 richest Americans are 100% white. Seven of who are the richest in the world. So the 10 richest American are 100% white. The U S Congress, is 90% white. The U.S. governors are 96% white. Top military advisors, not talking about what's going on right now uh, with with General Alston, top military advisors are 100% white, right? And of course, this was in 2017, so you can add a little bit to it. Um, uh, um, uh, Until tomorrow at 12 o'clock, president and vice president, 100% white. Uh, uh, The U.S. Freedom Caucus, Uh, You know what, the Tea Party is 99% white. Um, The U.S. Cabinet, right, 91% white. Uh, People who decide which TV shows that you watch are 93% white. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Uh, People who decide which books you read are 90% white, okay? Uh, People who decide which news is covered is 85% white. Okay, got it? People who decide which music is produced is 95% white. Now, you got to get that. You got to get that. You got to understand that even when you listen to hip hop and R&B, the market is still controlled by 95% white. Oh, man, I ain't got time to deal with that. And people who direct the 100 top grossing films of all time are 95% white. Teachers in our school systems across the nation are 82% white. Full-time college professors are 84% white. Owners of men's professional football teams, right, are 97% white. And the only other percentage that's in there is because you know that Serena Williams and her sister owns part ownership Uh, 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 along with Jennifer Lopez of the Miami Dolphins. So I wanted to read this to you out of this book, White Fragility. You need to understand that what we decide, what is decided about what you see on television, uh, I think I read it to you right there, what you see on television is 93% white. If you control television, you control what we see as beautiful, right? Or what we see as sexy, right? I'm, I'm just trying to help somebody. And so or what we see is romantic. What we see is acceptable. is controlled by white. That's what I mean by white supremacy. I'm not talking about white nationalism. Okay? I'm talking about white supremacy. So a common tactic of white supremacy is to say this. The one who says race matters is the racist. Okay? The one who says race matters is the racist. See, that's how that's how uh, a tactic of white supremacy. So whenever you bring up race, they say the race card, right? Uh, they, that's their way of saying you are racist. If you bring up race, right, then they say you're racist. Now, here's the thing. I got to say this because yesterday, yesterday was Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, right? Let me say this again. It was Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday because, you know, a lot of people don't like to put a little respect on it. And he has an earned doctorate. So it's Dr. Martin Luther King, right? You know, and so this is important, right? Because yesterday, and I didn't get mad yesterday, but I do have a problem when you relegate this man's life to simple service. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because it has white supremacy overtone. Because here's the reality, right? As, 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 as Bernice King, his daughter, said, and this was real clear right? Most of y'all didn't even like my daddy, right? So she said, be clear about this. So, so those of you all who are out here talking about, like, my daddy's all that great. When my daddy was alive, y'all didn't like it. So let's be clear. America did not become integrated, so to speak, because they wanted to, right? Let's be clear. Let's be clear that Dr. King was not popular right? J.L. Hoover says he's the most dangerous man in America. So let's be clear, right? About this holiday. And let's be clear that the holiday, and I want to get this right, was signed into a holiday in January, 1983, but had a three year window before it became activated. Three years. We had to wait to celebrate the holiday. So let's be honest. Let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Now, here's where it comes in here, Frankie. You got to get this. Um, um, uh, people use part of his speech to justify the white supremacy. Watch this now. Watch this. Uh, there's, in his speech on, on the, the, the March on Washington, there's a piece in there where he says uh, that, that something about I, I dream of the day when I'll be judged by the content of my character uh, and not the color of my skin. That's where the idea of colorblindness comes from. I don't see color. Here's the problem when you tell me you don't see color. When you don't see color, then you dismiss my struggle. When you tell me you don't see my color, then you dismiss what I've been through for 50 some years. So don't tell me you're colorblind. Right? You might be color brave, but don't tell me you're colorblind. You see me. I want to be seen, right? I may not look like what I've been through, but I've been through it. And so don't tell me you're colorblind. Don't tell me you don't see color, right? Because you don't get the right to dismiss, right, the walls I had to climb to get to where I am by simply saying we're all the same. We're not all the same, right? So let let me get here with this. Uh, so let me get this, because for those of my people who are taking notes, here it is. Racial discrimination is both intentional and unintentional. Okay? I want you to be clear. It is both intentional and unintentional. Oh, man. Oh, man. I got I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this, because we all, we all got to go to work tomorrow. We all got to go to work tomorrow. So I, I need to deal with this, right? Here it is. Um... um uh, it is not about being good and bad, good or bad. And that's the problem that white people have when we start talking about it, right? They, they, they says, well, if you, if, you, if you talk about white supremacy, if you talk about white advantage, if you talk about uh, white maintenance, uh, then you're identifying with me being bad. Nobody's saying you're bad because that's too simplistic. It is not relegated to this dichotomy of good and bad. We are not talking about whether you're good or you're bad. So let's not let's not go there with that, right? Um, uh, often, what people do uh, in order to to appear to be good is they're racial averse. Uh, they stay away from any discussion around race, right? They're racial averse. They they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to hear you talk about it, right? They don't want anybody to deal with it, right? Let's not let's talk about it. Kumbaya, and we're all together. Because remember. Whites see themselves as individuals, right? Not, not, not based on a particular race. Because most white people see themselves about their ethnicity. They don't see themselves based as, I'm, I'm white. No, they see themselves as, I'm, 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 I'm Irish, I'm, 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 I'm German, uh, you know, along those lines, right? That, that's the way they see themselves. So they don't identify themselves as collectively white, but they benefit from being white. I'm going to prove that to you tonight. Can I do that? If you stay with me, I'm going to prove that to you, right? Uh uh so the reason why uh people don't want to talk, especially white people don't want to talk about race or or or, or, or become race averse is because it allows them to be plausible and use plausible deniability. Uh in other words, uh they can say I had nothing to do with that. Uh, th- that wasn't me. Uh uh, that that made me and my great grandparents, but it wouldn't be. And then they make statements like, um, I, you know, I marched in the '60s. Uh, 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 my grandkids are black. One of my grandkids are black. And all of that is upon this idea that I'm good. I, I'm good. You know, I uh, 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 I got relatives. Uh, matter of fact, you've heard this before. One of my best friends is what. See, so you heard that before? One of my best friends is black. A lot of my friends are black, see? But that does not mean that you are not benefiting from white supremacy, right? It does not mean that. And it's my job tonight to prove that to you because I'm going to come back at the end and tell you what Carol Anderson says about that. So I, so, so I definitely don't want to forget that. So let me get to this real quick so you can go get you something to eat. Remember I told you, I said there's five uh, things, five uh of uh, 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 focuses of white supremacy that they that they want to control, that they want to control. Here it is. Here it is. I want you to get it. It's education, uh, criminal justice, which includes law, okay? Uh, healthcare, who gets it? Um, housing and land, right? Who owns the land? Because that's how money is made through land. I wish I had time to deal with that because I would tell you that your local sheriff Is so important because every piece of foreclosure goes to the sheriff's office, right? Before they foreclose on any housing, any land, any property, it goes to the sheriff's office. That's why you need to make sure you vote for your sheriff, okay? I want to be clear with you because if you wanted to get land at a discount, the, 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 the quickest way to find out about it is when the foreclosure paperwork hits the sheriff's office. You got it? want you to be clear. So that's how a lot of our white friends are able to get land at a very reasonable, get property, housing at a very cheap rate because they know who's about to be foreclosed on. Think about that for a moment. If you got property, Frank, check this out. And someone is getting ready to foreclose uh, on you, right? And you know it's coming, but somebody comes and offer you some money, right? Um, uh, wouldn't you rather take what they offer you than lose everything? So that's what that's what happens in in, in this whole thing. Of land. I ain't got time to deal with that. But that's what happens: is that people find out who is up for foreclosure, and they go and offer a very discounted amount, and they get the property and the land. Okay, now and then employment, employment, right? And 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 I'm gonna come back later and talk about. The, 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 the psychological weight of interviewing, because you know race plays a role in your interview. It's different for people of color employment. So let's talk about education. I'm gonna get right into this because uh, Edville study uh, released that on the average, that that's two thousand dollars more per student. Watch this now. Uh, is given uh, in a white, predominantly white school school district per student than it is a black student. Two thousand dollars more right, let's make sure we got it, $2,000 more is given in a predominantly white district per student than it is for a black student, right? Gotta remember, you need to do your research. You need to figure out educationally how schools are funded. Schools are funded based upon property tax, right? So you got to understand that whenever they put a school in a particular area, it is going to bloom and blossom based on the property tax of that particular area. Okay, I ain't got time to get into all of that because y'all ain't staying with me. Y'all ain't sharing this with nobody. I'm trying to help you to get you to understand this. Uh, that's why, uh, listen, that's why uh, in certain areas, and I'm just going to lay this out you, That's why you don't see no liquor stores where I live. Ain't no liquor stores over here. And let me tell you something else. Ain't no fast food restaurants over here. None, none, not over here, because they don't want what over here, right? So there ain't no no liquor stores, ain't no fast food, ain't no pawn shops, ain't none of that over here, right? And so you gotta be clear. Now, let me get into this education thing, right? Because I ain't going way back, I ain't going way back to came out of slavery. I dealt with that last week, but I am gonna start at a very peculiar place uh, that you ought to be familiar with, uh, you ought to be familiar with Brown versus Board of Education. everybody been taught that. Thurgood Marshall, how he took on the case of Oliver Brown. Oliver Brown was really an associate pastor. He was a black preacher uh, uh, in Topeka, Kansas, whose daughter wanted to go to the nearby school. Right? It was a beautiful school. She wanted to go there. He took his daughter to school one morning. Uh, and told the principal that I want my daughter to go to school here. Him and the principal got into an argument. He had to grab his daughter by the hand and leave. Uh, That was in uh, 1951, okay? Um, So then we end up in 1954, right? So you have Brown versus the Board of Education, which included other states. South Carolina was one of those states. It wasn't just the pick of Kansas. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that you need to, to get. Uh, 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 the Brown versus Board of Education uh, really was a challenge to the 14th Amendment, which is around equal protection under the law, right? And, and the 14th Amendment was, watch this now, preceded Plessy versus Ferguson of 1896. Now, 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 you got to understand Plessy versus Ferguson, you've been taught, it was a long time ago, but but it was this whole idea of Plessy who got on the train and didn't want to give up his seat on the train cuz he had bought a first class ticket but Plessy looked like a white man he was a very light fair-skinned individual so he purchased his ticket watch this and nobody knew he was white but he sits down on the pl- on, on, on the train and they realize uh the the, the 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 train conductor realized that hey you know and asked him are you black and he says yes I am I am black. So they told him, you must go sit in the color car. And he says, no, I'm not, because I have a first class ticket. He says, no, I'm not. So anyway, he gets arrested. Uh, he ends up in court and this judge by the name of Ferguson. And, and they make this ruling. Anyway, he gets all the way to the Supreme Court uh, 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 four or five years later. It gets to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court rules that separate but equal is the law of the land. It doesn't matter. Blacks and whites do not have to integrate, right? Do not have to integrate as long as it's equal. And that goes well until 1951 when I told you Oliver Brown takes his daughter to the school and he says, uh-uh, it is no longer equal. It was never equal. She doesn't have the same access. She's got, you know, all these kinds of things. So anyway, so we have Brown versus the Board of Education, right? And then after that, we have what we call the Little Rock Nine. Now you gotta know the Little Rock 9, September 1957. You gotta know it in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, you gotta know what it is. They, they, they asked some black kids after the Brown case, said, listen, you know, uh, would you want to go to the school? And and really the school that they were talking about, Central, Central High School, was a tremendous school. It was tremendous. It was about eight stories big, man. It was like, it was like a palace to everybody. And those kids, those nine young people who volunteered to go had looked at the school all their lives and all they wanted to do was get the very best education. So the very best students, the most talented black students uh, were the Little Rock Nine and they got turned away. The governor turned them away, right? So so I need to say this because white supremacy, its power has always been over education. Now I'm going to come back to that in a minute because I want you to get it. And it was so mean uh, that you heard the story of Ruby Bridges, right? Ruby Bridges was the first grader, the, the girl, and even in 1960, who wanted to simply go to school, wanted to go to school, and they wouldn't let her go as a first grader. Okay, now, now, so so let's look at this thing about education. Because I know you're educated. I know you, I know you, Lorraine, I see you. Lorraine, I see you. I know you're educated, right? But how are you educated? Y'all know Carter G. Wilson wrote that piece out there The Miseducation of a Negro And it doesn't make sense to you until I tell you this Let me ask you a question Here's your question When you were in school What was on your reading list? When you were in school What was on your reading list? Hemingway Steinbeck Jane Austen Mark Twain, William Shakespeare, in that sound familiar, Charles Dickens, what do all of them have in common? What do all of them have in common? You didn't read nothing about James Baldwin, did you? So your reading list, what you were told was valuable, again, was laced and wrapped and packaged in white supremacy. You could not help but to believe that white America was smarter than you. You you couldn't help it. You you couldn't help it because every time you looked at something, okay, you you don't want to believe me? You don't want to believe me? Okay, your child goes to college or your grandchild goes to college, right? Except they go to HBCU. Let's say they go to a historically white uh, college or university, a predominantly white college or university. What you will find on campus is pictures of people that don't look like them. I don't care if you go to UNC. I don't care if you go to ECU. I don't care if you go to North Carolina State. I don't go care if you go to the University of Texas. Wherever you go, you're going to see a predominant image that's painted all the time to a group of black students. They see pictures that don't look like them. What difference would it make if they saw pictures of people who looked like them had achieved great things? Then guess what? You can't be what you've never seen. So again, it is laced with white supremacy. I'm trying to show you to look at it from a contemporary lens. Now, when you bring that up, it's going to make people angry. It's going to make people angry, right? Because The answer is gonna be, we put the pictures up to the people who give major donations and we name builders after them. We name wings of builders after them. Well, what's the reason you don't make major donations? Because you don't have the major money, the major corporate money to be able to do that. So white supremacy continues to 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 multiply itself. I hope I'm making sense to you. So so I want you to understand this about education. I want you to, want you to get it real clear. Now l- let me let me challenge you. If you are 60 years old or over, l- let me challenge you about integration versus segregation. I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something, right? Now this is gonna blow your mind. This is gonna blow your mind. Because uh, there's some that says we were better off when we were segregated. So when you look at national scores, if you go back and look at the history of national scores from 1971, right, 1971 to 1988, blacks' scores improved immensely on national tests. From 1971 to 1988, black scores improved immensely. Watch this until 1988. When white supremacy raised its head again, from that point on, national scores for blacks have consistently narrowed. The gap has consistently narrowed. So here's what you need to understand. You need to understand that from 1971, what we call integration, when most people integrated, when we left from all black schools and went to uh, uh, integrated schools, our scores were better. But they have since then dropped tremendously. And that's why now some schools no longer accept or require SAT scores and ACT scores anymore because the the greatest impact of how you're going to score on those tests is based on color, uh, and and that's based on exposure, okay? So let me say this. So let me jump off education because I know y'all tired. So let me jump real quick uh, to criminal justice and law. Criminal justice and law, uh, let me say this to you first of all. There's a history of police and slavery. There's there's, there's a a, a history between uh, the way police officers were uh, originated and defined. Matter of fact, police officers, uh, uh, U.S. Marshals, were all designed for the idea of returning slaves to their owners. So there's a a set animosity, a historical animosity uh, that exists uh, between blacks and police departments, between blacks and the criminal justice system. Right. So 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 you have to be have to be clear, have to be clear about that. And then you got to remember, it was the police department that enforced the vacancy laws uh, that took place right after the the, the Civil War. The beginning of Jim Crow, that the vacancy law says if you were on the street and you was not working right or you were homeless and didn't have a place to go, the law says that you could be put back into slavery. See, people don't talk about that. So you need to understand that the vacancy laws simply was the police uh, uh, grabbing black people and putting them back in. Now let me say this because I need to be clear. That's why in black neighborhoods, when they see police officers, they run. They don't always run because they got drugs on them. They don't run. See, see that 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 that, that plays into a narrative, right? The crime, the blacks and crimes are synonymous. That 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 that, that is a narrative. Uh, based on white supremacy. that Statistically, that's not true. That That's not true. Crime does not go up because you let a black person move into a white neighborhood. It doesn't. Statistically, it just doesn't, right? Blacks typically run from police officers because of the vacancy laws that says if you get caught on the street for any reason, right, the police is going to grab you and put you back into slavery. So that's just where it is. That's that's why we do it. Uh, Nowadays, it's because you get harassed and all that kind of stuff. And we know, we know that many uh, young white boys who feel a sense of inferiority in their younger years join the police force because they like the idea of carrying a gun. They like the idea of carrying a gun. That's why they're so quick to put their hands on a gun. But did you notice that Wednesday before last on January the 6th, they ain't shooting nobody? They ain't shoot about I mean, I know about the one person that got shot once they got inside the chamber, right? But I'm talking about the Capitol Police uh, was able to show restraint in the eyes of white uh, aggressors, right? So sensitivity training is not what they need. They don't need a sensitivity training. They need the truth. The truth is that when you see a black man, you're quicker to put your hand on your gun. And so we need to talk about that. Now now, 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 Robin D'Angelo says it's called anti blackness. She calls it anti blackness. You got to read the book. You got to read the book, White Fertility, uh, F- White Fragility, White Fragility. You got to read it. You got to read it. It's anti blackness. Now, let me move quickly because I want to get here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done. Uh, you got to understand this. Uh, from 1865 to 1922, you got to get this about laws in this land. Different groups petitioned the court system hoping to be classified as white. Because originally Italians were not white. Uh, Originally Italians were not considered white. Now they fall into the white category, but they were not uh, considered white. And so, in that petition, the court to be declared white because there was privileges. Remember, white privilege is what it was all about. Is that they divided it into three major categories? You either was Caucasian, you were Mongoloid, which means you were Japanese uh, uh, Asian, uh, um, 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 but you were Asian with, with the darker skin, Mongoloid, or you was, uh, uh a Negroid, uh, uh, and that's where the word Negro comes from anyway. It, it is, it is, it is a Spanish word, uh, negras, uh, 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 negras, negras means black, uh, and so blacks received their names, uh, from the Spanish, uh, once they were here anyway. So, so anyway, so, so, so what you would do is, is as a group, you would petition the court to be declared white because being white was advantageous. That's why you have people like, uh, what's that girl named Candace Owens and, 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 and particularly y'all hit me out. Uh, that's, that's why they benefit right from siding with the whites. That's why you have, uh, two, um, uh, uh, blacks right now i one of them is from 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 Florida who who are, are legislators representatives who who call themselves republicans and of course you have tim uh i think Tim scott down in south carolina the only only black uh a senator uh who again uh because there's advantages in siding with the whites right when you start talking about benefits remember i told you that now so, so so, they petitioned the court to be white. Now, so how does a person be declared white? I'm gonna get out of here with this. How does a person be declared white? Only the whites get to decide who's white. Did you get that? Did you get that? Only the whites get to decide who's white, right? And so it's strictly based on appearance. Um, uh, so you got to get this, you got to get this. I, I got to get this one other thing about white supremacy. Because I want y'all to get this. I want you to share with somebody. This idea behind abortion is not no theological thing. It ain't about theology. Abortion and anti-abortion is, is a political thing. It is not theology. Do, do not come to me. Do not come to me telling me what the Bible says about abortion. Don't, don't come to me telling me what the Bible says about abortion. And then you go talk about the Bible says thou shalt not murder. You don't say nothing to me about thou shalt not murder. Because if that's the case, Every white supremacist, every white person, right, before 1865, got to be on their way to hell. So don't talk to me about murder. Don't talk to me about not. That's not, you can't come to the Bible and tell me that that, that your argument against abortion is because it's murder. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh, that argument don't hold up. No, the, the idea behind abortion is about white dominance. The idea behind abortion is, listen, has nothing to do with black women. Had nothing to do with black women. I'm coming back to women's suffrage in a minute. Had nothing to do with black women. I don't care whether you keep your babies or not. Right? Why would he want you to keep your babies and then not feed them later on? Or not give you equal pay? No, they ain't got nothing to do with that. Abortion has to do with the fact the browning of America is problematic. means that our whites are not having enough children and, and Hispanics, Latinx, uh, and African-Americans are, are growing in numbers. And so the projections is by, by, by 2050 that the majority in this country are gonna be brown and black. And so the high, whole idea is, is we don't want any white woman killing their children, right, killing babies. So we want the abortion, law, Roe v. way we want it overturned because we wanna make it illegal. We want the white population to continue to grow, to continue to grow. So don't come to me about a personal sin and try to make it, right, into a corporate uh, theological mantra that we ought to vote a certain way based on what somebody does in a doctor's office, right? We never did that about anything else. So why are we doing about abortion? And don't act like you care that much about young black kids, because if you did, you wouldn't be letting them die in the streets, and you wouldn't believe in mass incarceration. So I wanted to say that. I wanted to get real clear about this whole mass incarceration. Uh, uh, um, uh, Most of the time, if you have money, you never go to jail. You never go to jail. And definitely under Trump, (laughs) ain't none of them went to jail, because they all get pardons, right? So let's be clear. So here's the final thing I want to say to you tonight. Final thing I want to say to you tonight. Share this if this done anything to help you I want to share this, but I want you to listen to this statement. I'm getting ready to say to you right now. But before I say this statement, let me say this to you about women's suffrage. Um so so the amendment uh came in and and and, and, and uh, Susan B. Anthony, yeah, I mean y'all know the deal. In the early 20s giving uh women uh 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 freedom, right? But it didn't give it to black women. It, it didn't give women to black. Thank you, I'm going to that. It didn't, give, it didn't give it to women, not black women, because black women didn't get suffrage until the Voters' Right Act. So it's real strange that women were given the right to vote in the 20s, but it didn't apply to black women. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you ain't going to like. Everybody out there has attacked affirmative action. Oh, whites get upset about affirmative action. You know who benefited from affirmative action? White women. White women. It's a cuss word now to talk about affirmative action. And affirmative action never got a disqualified black a job. The the law is clear. you, you You need to go back and read it, right? It simply says that if a person is qualified, they could not be overlooked right, if a person of color is qualified, they must be considered for the job. If they're not chosen, then you must tell the reason why they were not chosen. But if they were not qualified, they were never in the pool. So nobody ever got a job over a white man because of affirmative action. It has never happened. It has never happened. Now, I know, I know Fox News get out there and talk about diversity and what's wrong with diversity, and it's based on appearance. And we shouldn't be dealing with appearance. It should be based on merit. Shut up. You don't know nothing about merit. Fox News knows nothing about merit. Let me tell you what merit is. I would much rather choose a black man with a 92 average than choose a white man with a 98 average. You know why? Because watch this, the journey of that black man to get that 92, his ability to navigate the walls, the barriers, and the ditches shows me, show me clearly that he has what it takes to excel in any area in life. Whereas if you got a 98, it's simply because of networking and the advantage that you had. You knew what was on the test. It's been proven by the court cases that's taking place out there, dealing with Stanford and all those. For years, people have paid for their kids to score well. So the system has always been lopsided when it was based on simple indicators like scores and GPA, right? Because it eliminated and it gave them the label of being better and eliminated those who were not at that level. But you don't know how they got to 98. You don't know how they got to 97. And so affirmative action, all it did was level the field and say, listen, if they're qualified, they need to be considered. So we need to get away from this idea that that, that we have uh, prominent blacks because of affirmative action. It's never been affirmative action uh, that's taking the place of a white man. So white people need not be afraid to talk about racism. Now, I was asked the question before I make this statement, uh, what is my position on taking the vaccine? Uh, I am scheduled to take the vaccine on February the 4th. Let me say that again. If I could take it tomorrow, I would. But the earliest I could get it was February the 4th. Uh, I am taking the vaccine, right? Uh, you know, and, and I understand it's a personal decision uh, for a lot of people, um, but, but I've seen what COVID does right i've seen what it does it ain't no hearsay. matter of fact, tomorrow i'm on a virtual uh, tour of, of, of Virginia Commonwealth University all day long to meet everybody from the from the uh, the president all the way down to the university. I'm getting a personal virtual tour, and then I'm doing a presentation to them on financial toxicity to close it out so it's just for me I'm doing it tomorrow to, to be able to deal with this whole idea behind vaccine and here it is because I had an opportunity to talk. To, the, to some of the doctors who do internal medicine at this particular university hospital, about the vaccine and about the treatment for COVID, and I'm gonna tell you right now, this is my position: is the side effects of the sore arm, uh, uh, the Malaysia from the from the shot, is a lot less than it is from catching the disease. Catching the disease. Matter of fact, here in Rocky Mountain, we just had a, 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 a healthy man to die from COVID, from COVID, right? Up close and personal. So don't, don't let no one, if you decide to take it, take it, right? Take it, you know, I'm taking, that's my position on it. If you choose to do otherwise, uh, you have a right to do that. You have a right to do that, Uh, but I'm a researcher. And so I understand that you distrust the system, Uh, but this is not about, this is not about the system. It was up to me, because I could tell you with white supremacy is, is taking place around these shots. The right people are not getting the shots. The right people aren't getting the shots, right? Because the people who are dying from the disease looks like me. The people who are dying from it. L- look at the data. So these should be the people who have access first. The people dying from it. That's who should have access first. But that's not really what's happening. And so we need to do this. So so thank you for the question. Now listen to this statement. I'm going to get this to you and I'm off tonight. I'm off tonight. We can talk about what you want to talk about uh, next week. But get this. Kara Anderson, Carol Anderson says in her book, White Rage, you got to get this. She, said, she argues that there's a trigger for white people, right? That triggers rage in white people. They, they, they dress it up like a lot of things. She said this triggers what rage in white people. She says, watch this. She says, what triggers rage in white people and they dress up with a nice suit. Watch this now. Watch the riots in and, 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 and Washington DC. She said, this triggers rage in white people. She says, it's black ambition. She says, blackness with ambition, blackness with drive, blackness with purpose, and blackness with demand. Ooh, let me say it again. Lorraine, can I say this again? Right? I want to say this again because I'm going to finish off by talking about this now. Carol Anderson says in her book, White Rage, y'all can tell I read a lot, right? In the wintertime, I just read a lot when I can't play golf. Argues that the trigger for white rage, what brings white people together, white rage. Now remember, I told you, individualism is the way they see themselves, right? The white rage. Get this now. You want to get this, right? Um, white rage is triggered uh, because of blackness with ambition. Blackness with drive, blackness with purpose, and blackness with demands. Now it ought to make sense to you. It ought to make sense to you. It does not bother middle class, good white people, whatever that is, as long as blackness doesn't have ambition. As long as you stay where you're supposed to be. As long as you go to school where you're allowed. Now, can I prove it to you? Remember, I told you white supremacy through uh, a contemporary lens, uh, co- lens explains why white people got so mad. The Little Rock Nine, Brown versus the Board of Education, uh, uh, the Edmund. Pettis Bridge. Uh, that's why they got so angry. Because Dr. King, blackness with demands. Go back and listen to his speeches. N- not what people are telling you now. Look at what he says. He says, America has written a check. And I've come to cash this check. See the demand. It's blackness with drive that bothers people who are racially averse. It's blackness with ambition. So what I want to say to you tonight, to every young person, to every person pursuing education, get it. Every person out there trying to, to, to get your money right, to get your pennies right, to get your dollars straight, so you can buy a house. Do it. For every person out there who's striving for the next promotion, do it. Make it happen. And then on top of it, stay on your children. They're going to school, tell them to get that education. Because what education does, is that when opportunities presents itself, you can at least understand what the requirements are. You can read about it. So the reality of it is, is, man, we need to get some drive. In our community, if we want to change it, we need to reinstill ambition. Right? We, we gotta start our own businesses and, 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 and have these ideas. What, what happened to our drive? But what happened to our desire? And you can tell me about Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can tell me about Wilmington, North Carolina. You can tell me about Rosewood. And I know those places were were booming and making it happen. And I know they came in and and the government shut us down and, and a group of people shut us down. But what you want to trigger and to find out who is racist on your job, wake up tomorrow with Ambition go to work with demands. I'm not talking about substandard. I'm talking about have a drive. Right? And you'll find out that everybody you with ain't with you. You'll find this out, that there are some people who are friends with you because they get to look at you from a downward perspective. But when you hold your head up, when you when you when you have blackness with an ambition, are you listening to me? I need for you to hear me right when you make up in your mind that I'm gonna get everything that America has for me and some things they don't want me to have i'm on I'm gonna search and on your job uh, uh, and I keep saying Lorene, because we we knew each other way back a long time ago and and and, and you know a long time ago, and we understand t m manuals we understand what it means uh to go study, to show ourselves approved, right? You can't party when everybody else party. If you're in nursing school, you ain't like every nurse, right? Are you listening to me? You got to be better. You got to be able to do it. You got to be able to do the clinical because they may know the answer to the test because somebody gave them the answer, but they can't outdo you when it's time to take care of them patients. They can't take care of Mr. John like you can, right? And so you got to find a way to excel in clinicals. You got to make it happen. Listen to me now. I'm trying to help you all. I want to make sure that you're hearing what I'm saying. That's what Dr. King meant in his last speech that nobody talks about. When he says, listen, you know, longevity has its place. He said, but I ain't worried about it now. I've I, I, I been to the mountain." Right. Right. I've been to the mouth and I've had an opportunity to look. On. He, what he was saying is that I have been to places that I wasn't supposed to go. Been to the White House. Received the Nobel Peace, Peace Prize. And I know you want to get real spiritual with it and make it seem like he was at the Mount of Transfiguration. No, no, no. Maybe that's true. But but the truth in the matter is he knew at that moment that death was imminent because he knew he had aggravated, he had triggered white supremacy to a level that they could not let him live. Think about how he slept on April the 3rd, right? Killed on April the 4th. But think about going to bed that night knowing that you had triggered white supremacy, right? From Not from the white nationalists, but from the one that brings you a cake and wants you to eat it. The one that wants to touch your hair, the microaggression, you know, the one that, I I just want to touch it. Okay? Here's the thing. We ain't mad at nobody. But I told you, told you before, right, that there's a righteous anger. Right? Did I tell you that? Right? And it comes with ambition. Too many people have died for you to give up. Too many people have worked hard for you to be lackadaisical. Are you listening to me? Because you have children that are in college and grandchildren that are in colleges that you couldn't go to, that you couldn't afford. And you need to tell them they got to finish. They got to finish because it's bigger than them. It triggers, it triggers a white rage. So white folk are not mad because we're on the corner. Uh, smoking and joking, hitting that blunt. Not mad about that. They're mad when you can move legitimately to a promotion, make decisions, housing, those five things. Remember what I told you. I'm done. Education, criminal justice, which is the law. Okay? Number three, what was it? Right? Healthcare. Right? Right? Who gets it and who, who does not get it? And I want to say something to you. Uh, 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 and I almost forgot this thing about health care. Uh, health care has to do with the birth of a child. That, that's the whole idea. The whole idea is, is that when white folks have a child, they don't have children under stress like you do. Right? Because when they go to Lamar's class, who's teaching it? Most of the time it's white people. Right? When they go in to get something, white people. When they go to the hospital, they don't have to worry about racism. You see what I'm saying? They don't have to worry about it. They don't go to the hospital and have to worry about whether or not the doctor's going to discriminate against them. White people don't have to worry about that. So, so health care healthcare is favorable to them. See, you don't understand that. But everything in your life, you're conscious about color because you got to deal with racism. You have to deal with it. Even even about uh, uh, when your child is born. you, you know, you got to wake up out of that stupor to make sure that they to do your child right. You got to make sure you do your child. That's what racism does to us. It puts us under a constant, a vigilant, uh, hyper-sensitive, hyper-vigilant state all the time. We get pulled off by the police. We, we're scared for our life. We go to the hospital. And that's the issue with the vaccine. That's why I'm telling you to take it because I'm taking it. But I understand your fear because every time we deal with health care, there's racism in healthcare, about who gets it, and to what level they get it. The more money you have, the better care you get. I'm, I'm doing a whole presentation, whole piece on it tomorrow to one of the universities, major universities in in, in Richmond, Virginia, about that. Money equates to better care, from birth, from birth, children. Are treated better, prenatal all the way throughout, because healthcare is mainly designed for people of color. I mean, I- I'm sorry, pe- not uh, people not of color, and so you got to understand. And I know white people don't understand why we have hesitation about the vaccine, right? You know, you know what is it about? You know, uh, it-, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it does make sense to us. So I'm just simply telling you, if you have some anxiety about it, I feel you. I understand it. Right? You have some hesitation about it. I understand it. I do. I do. I do. There's nothing wrong with you. Right? You should feel that way because the system has never been in your favor. But I'm telling you, in spite of how you feel, in spite of how you feel, COVID is killing us. And so we need the vaccination. We need it. Uh, we need it strongly considered. And I know some of my peers and some of my other uh, uh, um, uh, uh, people with terminal degree of color uh, may have a different position about it. Uh, but but I'm a guy that's been in healthcare for a long time. Uh, and I've never seen anything like COVID. I've never seen anything take people out like this. And so I'm telling you, uh, uh, we need to take it. We need to take it because other people are not going to wear their masks. They're not going to wear their masks. You may wear yours, but your children, you know, you can try to make them wear it, but your teenage kids may not wear it. So we, we need to get to the point that we have herd immunity. So we, we need to take the vaccination. Uh, we need to take it. I'm taking it um, and, and I'm suggesting that you do too. Be prayerful about it. But whatever you do, Have ambition. I told you, what triggers white rage is ambition. Blackness with ambition, blackness with drive, blackness with purpose, right? Uh, Blackness with vision. And that's why I need to say this to every pastor that's got a church out there, right? You need to think about, right? Why Why are people so comfortable with so many of you having churches? Because maybe what you're teaching don't trigger anything. Maybe maybe you're making people feel good about heaven someday. And and, and most people are not worried about, most of our white friends aren't worried about heaven someday. Maybe you need to think about talking to people about some of the things I talked to you about today. About having a drive to do something that really matters. Listen, man, I'm excited about you all, man. Listen, listen, if I've done all right, only thing I ask you to do is is to share this with somebody. Just share it. That's all you gotta do. They don't have to watch it. If you share it, you've given them an opportunity to to look at it. Some of you may wanna share it on your page, you may wanna share it through uh, Messenger, however you wanna do it, but but do me a favor, man. Send this to somebody uh, as I continue to study. Uh, I told you this book right here called uh, White Fragility. Um, uh, and uh, this is a book that you got to read. Um, it's called Faces at the Bottom of the Well." Faces at the Bottom of the Whale. Well. Uh, and, and, and I, I do a, constant, uh, a great deal of reading around it. Uh, you know, if I can do anything to help you, uh, I just happen to have these here too. Uh, on my website, uh, I even have my books. My books are on the website uh, right there, and it's um, ellisresearch.com. Uh, We're doing the last uh, portions to it now. We're changing it. EllisResearch.com. Just one word, EllisResearch.com. But anyway, uh, listen, man. Uh, I'm praying with you. I'm with you. Uh, I'm believing in you. I'm believing we can turn this around. Um, We cannot rest because of the MVP, uh, Madam Vice President. Uh, We got a lot more work to do. A lot more work to do. Right, because we have been the economic stimulus behind this country, 246 years of free labor. Right, 246 years of free labor. I'm not even talking about uh, uh, the, the, the 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 mass incarceration and the, and the privatization of prison, so people can get free labor now. I'm talking about up to uh, the, the supposedly emancipation, because Abe Lincoln didn't free us because he wanted to. He believed in slavery. Uh, he believed in the inferiority of, of black men. It was a political move. I can tell you more about it. You know, 41%, 41, 41 of the 50, uh, the, the the 50 signers, or the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence on slaves. Uh, so slavery has always been beneficial And this country. is about money. This country is about power. You know what I told you at the beginning? It's about white males, right, at the table. White middle class uh, males, uh, white middle class upper class males uh, at the table without everybody, and they and they, they run the country. And I know people get angry about my broadcast, man. But you know what? Um, uh, truth truth makes a difference. Everything should be based on truth. Right? So y'all pray for your boy. man. holler at me if I could, I could get back with you on something. Man, we go diving deep into it. We'll figure it out. We'll put a contemporary lens on it and see how it's applicable. Hey, y'all enjoy the rest of your night, man. Holler back at your boy, man. And, and listen, listen, listen. Be good to you. Be good to yourself take care of yourself, stay COVID-free, right? Stay stay COVID-free. I'm telling you, man, uh, stay COVID-free. Uh, make it happen. Make it happen for yourself. Make it happen for somebody else. Uh, trouble don't last always. Trouble don't last always. Y'all have a good one.